You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Wealth, fame, power, the man who had everything in this world, the pirate king, Gold Roger, the great treasure he left behind, One Piece, has opened the curtain on a grand era. It is a time when eager pirates set sail, battle, and become great. The great age of pirates. Words he spoke drove countless men out to sea, and so men set sights on the grand line in pursuit of their dreams. The world has truly entered a great pirate era. Oh, hello there. This is Bradley Martin, just reading the opening narration to a very famous long-running anime and manga, One Piece, that was created by... Weebs just called him Sensei Oda. Sensei Oda, oh my gosh. Ichiro Oda. And adapted... Into a miniseries, eight episodes, about an hour each, by Netflix, One Piece. Monkey D. Luffy, a young boy who yo-ho-ho took a bite of gum gum, making him a rubber man that can't swim, because once you eat the devil's fruit, the sea will someday take you and drown you. He wants to be king of the pirates and claim the One Piece for himself, so he's out to get himself a crew. Amongst our players, Nami, played by Emily Rudd. She's a cartographer and a thief. A samurai-type character named Roronoa Zoro, played by Makinu. A chef named Sanji, played by Taz Schuyler. And Usopp, who's doing that marksman thing, played by Jacob Romero. Now, the famous anime also has a reindeer-like creature who is their doctor named Chopper. He is not in this adaptation. They didn't get around to him yet. He's being chased by a marine called Garp, played by Vincent Regan. And Garp's kind of new little little protege named Kobe, played by Morgan Davies. And also a Nepo baby named Helmepo, very clever. Played by a pretty cool star turn by Aiden Scott, if I do say so myself. Very, oh my gosh, this guy is like the worst, but kind of the best at being the worst. So this miniseries covers about six volumes of the manga, and it's all about Luffy getting a crew together and setting sail for the One Piece. Anime adaptations range from, oh wow, that's awful, to, I didn't hate it that much, but how did this one do with me to talk about it? Someone who has taken a bite of that devil fruit of puppet mastery, Doggett is with us. 
Ocean Master Doggett. And someone who already has a pirate name as a host, host of the Nighthawks is with us. Matt Foster is with us. I'm a Yoho hoster. <laughs> what do you all think about this grand line and sale pirate piratey piratey anime adaptation on Netflix called One Piece? Oh man, what a what a great day for One Piece fans. They just stay winning. The most successful uh, graphic novel series out there just surpass about to surpass Batman in sales. The the hype around a character getting a new transformation. Not since Goku has an entire country been hyped for this. And now they, they get to lay claim on one of the first successful anime adaptions. Like, these fans just stay winning. No, and I agree with that. This, there's over 1,000 chapters of One Piece manga chapters as well as over 1000 episodes still going on as Doggett has pointed out animators and creators of these stories should not be written to death but Oda is pretty much challenging death and saying come and get me then and his release and show creation is off the charts insane Matt are you a fan at all of any of this and if not what did you think of this bizarre piratey adventure? I'm not a huge fan of the uh, OG One Piece property, um, sort of by omission. I don't, I don't dislike it, um, but I, I got a bit sucked into it um, because a friend who's a big fan uh, drug me to the last movie release they did, and that conversation was kind of like, no. It's cool. I'll explain it to you on the car, and it'll like make sense by the time we get there. And like Ron Howard voice, it did not make sense by the time we got there. What's the get? He's made out of rubber. He took a bite of gum gum. I mean, do you want to get into the socialist propaganda of it? I mean, if we want to, we'll get into it. No, and I think the show itself does a really good job of, about not neutering that message. See, Luffy... He believes that every person that he'll ever meet has a dream. And if they're willing to fight for that dream, then they're free. And I think that's a fantastic character. Uh, Inaki Godoy plays Luffy. And I'll start by just, you know, as we talk about this cast, I have come to find myself as a person that says anybody can play a comic character. Seriously, anybody. Who's going to be the new Batman? Who cares? Anybody can do it. It's it's a cowl and a grimace. I'm going to eat those words because I would not recast any of these characters that are playing icons. When you watch the cartoon, you have to ask yourself, how the fuck do you adapt this? How do you <laughs> How do you bring these screeching characters with these moments of endearment that make you love them into real life? Now, did you have a particular favorite character, Doggett? Well, everybody loves Usopp. He's like he's the bit, he's a coward, but he he ha, he always has to that moment where he has to step up, and his fights are usually the most interesting because he can't power through them. He has to get like sneaky or like be uh, tactical about it. So, so Usopp was always a favorite of mine, and it's they gave him a very big glow up in the show. 
Oh, an incredibly big glow up. The actor is very handsome. And Usopp is made to look like a fool and an idiot. He looks like a clown. Well, and, and, and there's Usopp, literally a pirate clown in this show. But yes, Matt, go on. Us- Usopp in the show is one of the more stylized characters. He doesn't look particularly like uh, like his his proportions are very caricatured. You know. Yeah, um, agreed. So, so it was kind of he was the one where I was like, oh, yeah, they did. They had to get a they had to get a real person that doesn't have like the weird. <laughs> Oni nose. Yeah, if this was yeah. a Japanese production, they would have done the nose. Like an excited Squidward nose is what it usually looks like. They would have given him that Bradley Cooper nose that they're they're doing in that Netflix movie. <laughs> in the, the Maestro, yes, also Netflix. So I want to talk about Nami as well. Uh, Nami is a good character in the anime. I think she's fine. After 300 episodes, she's just boobs that talk, but we're not going to get into that. And she reads maps. Sure. Emily Rudd, though, puts so much humanity and character into Nami. I think each one of these actors really brings something new to each character. And taking a first arc damsel that screams and cries and is like, and that's Nami's character. And making her a real person, all I can say is bravo. Now, Ruronoa Zoro is the coolest, most badass character ever. How'd you guys feel about him? And did the samurai in a pirate setting work for you two? Oh man, they're bringing sexy back. Let's talk about some of these story arcs as well. But uh... they made a uh, they made Sanjay Sanji like like too hot. Like that guy looks like he's playing Jeffrey Dahmer and pissing people off. <laughs> so, you know what, Sanji, along with Usopp, I feel like Sanji and Usopp are probably some of the best translations to live action. Or they they do drop how horny. Like it's still there, but Sanji is a fucking horn dog in the cartoon. <laughs> Just like nobody else's nose nose bleeds in the show except for him. Something that shocked me, Sanji's backstory adaptation each one of these characters has a backstory sanji's particular one if they made a movie about that and there was no one piece just this is the story of a a chef who wants to find the fish of a lifetime a dream fish i'll call it and the way this plays out is like body horror but survival in a way i haven't seen since liam neeson in the gray it's outstanding. That was my favorite adaptation that I think also might have been even a little more like, holy crap, than the original story. I could be wrong. I'm not calling anyone out if they disagree. But uh, did you guys have any favorite story moments? And what did you think of Sanji's? The the reveal on Sanji's backstory was, was pretty cool. Um, I also... Uh... I kind of liked how they, um, how successfully they kind of held off like, uh, you know, the, the, the various heel face turns that Nami does. Um, I thought that was all executed pretty well and paced pretty well. I liked the guy playing the villain Arlong. Like he's in heavy creature makeup, but he's, uh, he does a pretty good, like he's pretty creepy. And I also thought no. <laughs> the guy, uh, the guy playing Buggy was, I mean, he was biting off the Hugh, uh, he's biting off the Joker a little bit, but, um, but he was also pretty, uh, pretty creepy. 
uh, and weird. And I have, I have questions about how that power works. Like what happens to buggy? If just part of him gets where gets wet. <laughs> That's buggy by Jeff Ward, who plays a pirate whose theme is insane clown. Arlong, who is a kind of a revolutionary of the sea people played by McKinley Belcher the third. Am I getting that term right, Doggett? Was it sea people or like fishmen? Fishmen. Fishmen. Thank now, you. Now, brother, you I, you you famously thought the mutants in Ninja Turtles should kill all humans, and the robots in Futurama should kill all humans. How'd you feel about the fishmen, uh, these subjugated people, saying we should kill all humans? I am not surprised at all by Arlong's revolution that he wanted to start. And it is a shame that he ran into Luffy and pissed off the wrong pirate. And maybe he could have gained some ground and really actually been a part of the world rather than continually to be oppressed. But I don't agree with a lot of films that say those marginalized people should just stay in their lane and accept their their lot in life. Like, that that's terrible. Anyways... <laughs> But you know, just just don't piss off Luffy first. Yeah, it's a uh, you. It's interesting how well they streamline all these arcs. Like, probably what would be ten episodes in the anime is cut down to like an hour of TV, and I thought it's fa- done fairly well. I mean, do you do you need like this one? Do you need this one captain that's in a fight with Luffy for five episodes, or can you just get him, kill him off right now, so we can? Uh, zero in on the fishmen faster. You know, just little. No, I agree. Just, just little story things like that. Where it's like, am I gonna let this bother me that they didn't put in the dog that's protecting the town, the the, the shop in this town, or am I just gonna enjoy the the circus that we that we didn't see in the anime? Now you did bring a Futurama earlier. That story of the dog that protects the shop in the town was a lot like Jurassic Bark from Futurama, the story of Seymour. I was irritated they left that out. That was an incredibly heartwarming story. Would I demand they put it in online or be a, and be a brat about it? Of course not. You know, adaptations do got to make sacrifices. This particular one has very high highs and very low lows when it comes to the sacrifices. Like I think Shanks, amazing, by Peter Godoy and how he had a father figure type relationship with Luffy. Young Luffy being played by Colton Orsorio. Yeah, I think that was perfect. Captain Morgan, the father of Helmipo, that character is almost completely shafted and left with nothing to do other than I have an axe hand. And yeah, that was kind of disappointing. That was a low mark. Their fight I thought was pretty cool though, even though all the drama was left out of it. Yeah, I don't disagree. There's... there's, I feel like for every dramatic impact thing they that they left out from the manga, they add something different that affected me in the same way. Like Usopp running around the entire town begging for help and nobody listening to him. You know, and the the only person that shows up for him is suddenly Kobe is like, "Oh, wow. That made me feel something." That wasn't from yeah. the from the anime. Good job right. live action. No, and uh, Kobe was a good character. And as I said, I just reread like 30 or 40 chapters of this to prepare. And seeing Kobe throughout this whole series, he's great. 
That's Morgan Davies playing Kobe. And in the manga, it's maybe eight chapters, and I'm not sure when we'll see him again. But what a nice introduction and uh, mainstay for this series. Now, there is a character, Stephen John Ward, playing Mihawk. And he is, I believe, the embodiment of swagger and badassery. (laughs) What did you all think of this sexy swordsman? And did his sudden, I'm just here to have a epic as hell fight scene and then I'm, I'll be out of your way. How did you all feel about that? Did it, was it jarring? Did it stop the show's momentum? What did you think? It stops the momentum of the arc he interrupts in the anime. Yeah. (laughs) There's an entire, like, all these story beats (laughs) happening and suddenly he shows up and there's just a random duel for an episode (laughs) that stops everything on its tracks. It's still cool. It's still great. It's just in, in here they actually do the legwork to incorporate him into what what's happening, and there's going to be a lot of cosplay of him. Yeah, I thought like he epitomizes something about this adaption, which is like they um something that is like you would look at the page of the manga and think that it is visually ridiculous and would have to be significantly changed to do with live action. And they're like, no, we're just going to do it. We're going to do it, and we're going to take it completely seriously, and he's going to look just like the thing. And they do that. uh, They they get away with that in a surprising number of of places here, which is like my my biggest commentary about the whole thing is how impressive the production design itself is. Like the crazy pirate ships and the... the, um, Oh, yeah, they built those ships. Yeah, it's it's all very... uh, very cool looking and very like it reminded me of uh you know like like some like speed racer or hook something where they really went all in on having a uh crazy consistent fantasy world um radio snails and all yeah yeah yeah, yeah radio <laughs> snails uh live action radio <laughs> snails kind of freaked me out a little bit actually i was kind of like that's yeah, some bad shit like, that's that's how you do it flintstones <laughs> I mean, but I, you can see why it works here, unlike other adaptions, because a lot of animes have a lot of flamboyant elements that are hard to translate in the real world. But here, it's much easier because everyone's a fucking pirate. The most flamboyant people that have existed in history. Yeah, especially in storytelling. That's that's very true. Why would somebody paint their entire ship pink? I don't know. They had time to kill? They, they, they got a theme going? <laughs> Why do all the Marines wear animal hats? I don't know. So they're recognized? Because, I don't know. So, <laughs> I, the, I found Nazumi really puzzling. Like, nobody says anything about this guy's mouse ears. <laughs> is he is he part mouse or is it just a costume theme? You know, like, yeah, it's a it... costume. Like, even Garp, he has a dog hat. Yeah, there's like these cat brothers that fight like cats, and one of them's a cat burglar. And exactly, Matt, I'm thinking, no, that's going to be skipped. And it's not. We actually get the two cats, cat pirates, having a duel with Zolo, just like in the, from the adaptation. Yeah, and they and they camped it. They camped it right up, like they like they yeah. were right out of the musical, and it somehow worked. <laughs> I would I would compare this to like a Conan the Barbarian in terms of a movie that is like they're very camp but they never break character. 
and they they no, themselves all take it super seriously. They're all very committed. I think the guy probably got the job as Luffy by giving the best woo in the audition, because when he finally gets a ship, he is so freaking happy. So happy. He's dreaming now. He was he was a great get. Like this all rides or dies on people accepting Luffy. And casting a twenty year old Mexican kid is just like the most obvious thing in the world that nobody thought about. Yeah, no, and he's like you both are saying, he's fantastic. Let's sail into our final thoughts. I'd like to I'd like to get your score and then something controversial. I want you to tell me what you think the One Piece treasure is. I know your answer. <laughs> no, it's not going to be that. Dogged. What? What do you got? Oh, this is this was a pleasure. Here's the thing: I was shitting on this for so long, for so long. I was shitting on this, and I was hyping up Cowboy Bebop when they both got announced years ago, even when John Cho's leg got fucking snapped in half, I was like, you guys don't understand. This is the easiest thing to adapt into live action. It's just a sci-fi show. Dude, it's so easy. And they fucked it up so spectacularly. And I I had no hope. And that first teaser trailer for One Piece drops, and you just see this Mexican kid and all his charismatic glory. And I'm thinking, oh... Oh shit, I think I think they got the formula. I think they stole some of that MCU formula and I'm putting it into this anime but being more faithful to co- to their own comics. And that other trailer drops and it's like, okay, we're working something here. And that final trailer drops. I, I, I would have given the show so much leeway in the beginning if it wasn't for those trailers and I and I felt I felt bad. It's like, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a way lower score if this doesn't like make me happy, and it made me happy, guys. Even even if you drop it dropped a few dramatic elements that I would have loved to seen, they added a few other things that kind of made up for it, and just it. I told this to Bradley earlier. I told this to Bradley earlier. This isn't like Iron Man being prodded into live action. This is like. When we first got the X Men on film, just like the just the novelty of, oh, these characters on these pages and on these cartoons are have been brought to life, and I am convinced it's these characters. And everybody, everybody's a goddamn smoke show. I think Bradley's the one who told me in the anime. You're like, why is this rich girl hanging out with like this piece of shit Usopp? And the live action is like. Why is this smoke show hanging out with this sick lady? <laughs> it's just... I I had so much fun with this. I was initially worried we might not get a second season. I feel more hopeful now since apparently it's just doing pretty well. And, you know, I'm hoping they continue the magic. I will probably give this... I'll be generous and I'll give this 8 out of 10 pleasant surprises. Excellent. What do you think the One Piece is? Um, oh man, it's going to be season one of Lost. <laughs> Matt, your final thoughts and your prediction of the One Piece, if it ever happens. Um, I think this is incredibly, surprisingly well done. I, I didn't think this was particularly adaptable. 
Um, and they, they did a great job of, of bringing it across. And I would say, I would go so far as to say that one piece itself is fairly culturally dense. And this is a good, uh, jumping off point for somebody that, uh, was not initially entranced with it or, or, or needs an, needs an intro, you know? Um, I, I think they did a, you know, pretty, pretty darn a plus job on the cast i i really um was quite taken with it um and i think i'm going to give it uh nine out of ten delicious looking uh plates of tuna uh monstrously thrown away and i i'm gonna you're really gonna make me say this Clearly, the one piece is the friends we made along the way. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you took Bradley's answer. No, 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 no. That, that's not my answer. This year, a lot of family, and this is a pretty violent show. So, it is a family adventure, though, and especially for older kids. So many, from Mario to Master Splinter and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the dad from Elemental. The message is, your dreams are stupid. Go, Just live inside and never leave your house. And don't bring Luigi down with you. And I've hated that. In Spider-Verse recently, when Miles talks about wanting to go to college, his parents are like, whoa, you have dreams? No, 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 no. You... You live at home and you stay and rot there. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that's quite what they said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm emphasizing. So for a character like Luffy to be like, you have a dream? And even if someone else's dream gets in the way of Luffy's, he's like, you got to live your dream. I'll I'll respect you. We're friends for life if you live your dream. And wow, that's amazing and the fact that so much of the other crazy insane pirate stuff there's a clown pirate there's this pirate who holds knives like freddy krueger that moves instantaneously and somehow it works all of the other characters having their own special skills somehow works nami like pulls a stick out of nowhere and she just has it and starts beating people up and like a looney tune it works so I actually, surprisingly as well, really enjoyed this because I wasn't a huge fan of the anime. I know the four kids rap, and that was about it. So, yeah, this, this was a pleasant surprise. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 perfect bullseyes from just a gorgeous man with a slingshot. And the one piece is clearly a picture of Gold Roger's hot wife, and on the back of that picture is a treasure map to more adventure. The dream never ends. Exactly. Guy go, guy go, dreaming. Don't give it up, Luffy. You guys, dreaming. You guys don't are, give it up, Zolo. You guys are dumb. It's actually just a lot of money. <laughs> oh yeah, it might, it might be. A, it might be a giant pile of treasure. It might be a Scrooge McDuck. Yeah castle it's it's a big brown bag of money with three dollar signs on it <laughs> which would be fine yeah i guess you can't be a king unless you can pay people yeah yeah you got a good point 